Friday, December 23rd, 2016 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Happy holidays from all of us here. We welcome in Joe Caparoso from Turn On The Jets and our own Michael Longi to talk about the upcoming game against the New York Jets and as well as the Patriots win over the Denver Broncos last weekend. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Thanks, Larry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Patriot Speed. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. I believe this is episode 155, maybe 154. We'll figure it out as we go on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We had a big win against the Denver Broncos that will go over the Patriots. Took down the Denver Broncos 16-3 in Denver, and the not-so-mighty New York Jets come into town this weekend to play the Patriots on Christmas, around Christmas, uh, during the holiday season. Happy holidays to everyone from everyone here at Patriots Beat, from myself, Mike, Larry, Mike and Marvin from the Pats postgame show, everything. Happy holidays. And ladies and gentlemen, it is nice to see the Patriots finally go into Denver and take down the Denver Broncos. What an impressive performance it was for the New England Patriots defense playing easily their best game of the entire season, taking down Emmanuel Sanders, taking down Demarius Thomas, taking down Deontay Booker, Justin Forsett, and swamping Trevor Simeon, who I I, I, I still don't think he's that good. But anyway, let's, let's break this game down because th- th- this is, was... A a blast. This was easily one of the most satisfying wins that the Patriots have had in years. I mean, they, they, they go into this game. Brady's 2-7 and seven in Denver. The Broncos are talking all this smack. You have Tlaib saying we aren't afraid of them. Simeon saying their defense doesn't scare us. Blah, blah, blah. It's all about the Broncos' defense, this and that. And then Brady comes out and starts 0-6. for 6. Shrug. You know, it, it, it just, you know, it was a very weird start to the game, but after Brady started 0-6, he settled down, started, he uh, hit six of his next six passes, and the defense just dominated this game. Three points to the Denver Broncos in ho- at home, excuse me, including three turnovers. Malcolm Butler, first of all, shut up, Emmanuel Sanders. Malcolm Butler dominated you. Just just go watch the film of that game. He was all over him all game long. He dominated him all game long. Malcolm Butler's been one of the best corners in football all season long, and he proved it again this year. But one thing that I want to get into before we talk a little more about the Denver game, I've been having a really interesting conversation with one of my good friends about this whole Michael Floyd situation. I would love for you guys to chime in on Twitter. So, it turns out that Michael Floyd had a blood alcohol content when he was arrested for his DUI, gets cut by the Cardinals, and then gets picked up from the Patriots. So one of my friends thinks that it's a complete and utter, you know, disaster. It's despicable. It's, you know, know, the Patriots should be punished for picking up a guy who endangered the lives of so many. And I came back with saying, 
do we really expect anything less from anyone in the NFL anymore? I stopped expecting NFL teams to do good things after America's team picked up Greg Hardy and, you know, had him on the roster for 12 games after almost murdering his wife. I just... Do, do people expect NFL teams to do good things anymore that doesn't, that aren't selfish reasons to gain an advantage in their own sport? Do, do, do people actually care that Michael Floyd had DUI? Cause I'm convinced that people really don't. You know, it just, it's a DUI. He made a mistake. He got cut. He's gonna go to jail. He's gonna get punished. Why does it matter? I just don't see how or why having Michael Floyd in the roster First of all, let me make this clear. I don't really think Michael Floyd should be on the roster. I don't really think Michael Floyd should be on any NFL roster. The guy had a DUI. The guy got caught doing something illegal that could have endangered the lives of a lot of people. You know, oh well. He, you know, get him off. He should, probably shouldn't be on the Patriots. He's not going to be on the Patriots next year. The only reason they have him is probably to get the compensatory pick if he eventually gets signed next season. But... You know, do I think there deserves to be some sort of uproar as to, oh, why did the Patriots sign him? I don't know. I mean, it, it, what do you guys think? Please send me a, a tweet at CLNS uh, underscore sports team. Send me a tweet. Do you guys think Michael Floyd deserves to be on an NFL team? Because to be totally honest, I st- I've stopped caring who NFL teams pick up and drop and sign anymore. I mean, half of these guys have records. You know, th- these kids make mistakes. He's 25 years old. He made a mistake. He got punished. He's going to get punished even more. I-, I just don't think it matters. You know, the, the NFL-, NFL teams have never proven to care. They they don't. They don't care. And this is one of the reasons that ratings have been down this year and NBA ratings have been up because the NBA actually cares. But anyway, please send me a tweet. I'd love to know what you guys think about this whole Michael Floyd situation now that we have uh, the actual information on it. So, yes, please, please send me a tweet about this whole Michael Floyd situation. But anyway, back to the Denver game. One guy that needs to also be totally called out for is Kyle Van Noy, who played another spectacular game against his Denver Broncos team. We saw a lot of the time where Van Noy would play middle linebacker and outside linebacker and defensive end this entire game, just switching around wherever they needed to. It allowed Donta Hightower to play a little edge as well and to get some hurries on the quarterback. Jabal Sheard play, played probably what was his best game since he got benched so far. I mean, the you know the game against the, or the game against the Niners where he was sat that was kind of confusing but now you know kind of back on the team kind of getting back in the swing of things did a lot of work against I forget who their right tackle is is it Orlando Franklin is he still there I'm not really sure but whoever it was he dominated them at right tackle did a great job uh getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback my dude Trey Flowers who you know it took him a little while to get rolling but once week eight rolled around guys had seven sacks since week eight it's ironic that Chandler Jones has only had three but Trey Flowers has had a lot of really good stuff uh John Ledyard uh one of the inside the pylons draft guys said that six out of the seven uh sacks that Trey Flowers has had this year have come from the interior defensive line so you know, they, they, it, it reminds me a lot of what they tried to do with Chandler Jones, trying to get him to rush from the interior defensive line, which he never really ended up doing. That didn't really fit with his style of play, but it's really working out well with Trey Flowers. 
So, you know, the, the defense played great. Malcolm Butler played great. Logan Ryan had his best game of the year easily. Devin McCourty has had an, an amazing season all year. Pro, another Pro Bowler for him. Pro Bowl for Matt Slater. Pro Bowl for Tom Brady. And who's the fourth Pro, pro Bowler for Dante Hightower? So, another great game for him from the secondary. Secondary has really started to show up ever since they've solidified that second and third cornerback spot with Eric Rowe and Logan Ryan. Um, the, the special teams unit was much, much better this week. Ryan Allen deserves a trophy and a half for his performance against the Denver Broncos, constantly pinning them inside of their own 10, constantly performing very well with this and that. It's great to see Ryan Allen uh, performing so well. He's one of the more interesting punters being a lefty in the NFL, but he's performed very well this season. Steven Goskowski has been unfazable, unfazable. And in, in the past couple of weeks, I believe he's hit either 15 of his last 16 or 16 of his last 17 field goals. So I think any of the worries surrounding him are officially kaput. They're done. They're over. No more need to worry about Ghost. Steven Goskowski is very much back. But I really want to look at how the offense kind of played this game before we uh, bring on Michael Longi and then we bring on Joe Caparoso from Turn On The Jets. This team on offense is so unbelievably versatile. Excuse me, whether or not Michael Floyd plays a game this year, which I, I, I will be a little bit surprised, a little bit disappointed, a little bit intrigued and kind of confused if he actually... But this is, a, this is an offense that just took a very, very good Denver defense who, you know, Tlaib, Harris, TJ Ward, despite him being kind of a punk, Derek Wolf, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, and they just they just shut him down. You know, they they game planned this defense perfectly. They threw the ball away from Harris and Tlaib. They stayed away from safeties. They or this excuse me, they stayed away from Darian Stewart and TJ Ward. They ran away from from Ware and Miller. They game planned perfectly. They attacked the middle of the field. They used the running backs. They used Julian Edelman. It was perfect. That was one of the most well executed game plans. I think every single team. Excuse me, I think any team has done versus any other team so far this year. I love what the Patriots did on offense. And all, 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 come on. Let, round of applause, baby. De, round of Marcus Cannon. Round, oh my goodness. To be totally honest, that was the best game of, Mar- of Marcus Cannon's career. By far. Best game he's ever played. Five tackles, no sacks. No QB hits and no QB pressures for Von Miller. Zero. Zero. This is the likely defensive player of the year. This is one of the best edge rushers in the history of football. Zero at home. Shut down by Marcus Cannon. What? <laughs> what? It's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable to me that Marcus Cannon has turned into this, has turned into such an incredible product. It just proves time and time again. About that, that Dante Scarnecki is a Hall of Famer, maybe the best positional coach in the entire NFL. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable what this offensive line has turned into this year. Nate Solder has come back from a devastating, maybe even career-ending injury to be dominant. Joe Tooney's having a great year. He, he, he still holds too much. I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on Joe Tooney. I'm the only person that's still not sold on him. He just, he commits so many penalties. He has a weak guy has a weekly holding penalty plus other penalties. It, 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 it's not great. 
It's it's really not great. But you know, he he's getting better. David Andrews has had a really solid season at center, and Shaq Mason might be one of the best pull blocking guards the NFL ever has ever seen. That guy hits a hole harder than some running backs do. Boom! Right through the hole. Incredible, incredible run uh, blocking guard. Needs to get his pass blocking up. But he's got a ton of potential. I love Shaq Mason. But moving on from this Broncos game. Actually, hold on. Let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Jets game before we bring on Joe Caparoso. And then we'll have, oh, excuse me, we'll bring on Michael Longi first. And then we'll bring on Joe Caparoso after. We'll talk a little bit of Jets after this commercial break. Looking for the perfect gift? Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and about how for only $49.99 you can get my family gift pack when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T, in the search bar. That's 77% off. Omaha Steaks offers unique gifts for gourmet food lovers, great steak experiences at home with the most flavorful tender-aged beef plus seafood, poultry, pork, veal, lamb, veggies, desserts, appetizers, and so much more. Over 500 gourmet gift ideas with the highest quality cuts and ingredients for a one-of-a-kind flavor that's convenient and quick shopping for those on your list. It's aged 21 days to unlock the full flavors of the cuts. It's hand-trimmed, vacuum-sealed with online recipes, wine pairings, and so much more. I actually used uh, my code a couple days ago to get a couple of little items I'll list in a little bit, but I got a couple of fillets, a couple of sirloins, a couple of pork chops. Me and my roommate Jack, we cooked them up, we paired them with some beers, and it was a great time. But right now, Omaha Steaks is giving exclusive savings just to my listeners. Listen to everything that you will get for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken best, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package, all beef meat balls, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, plus get four additional kielbasa sausages for free. So go to omahasteaks.com and enter my code BEAT, B-E-A-T, in the search bar. Add the family gift pack to your cart and get a 77% savings. It's a gift guaranteed to be a hit. All right, let's get into this Jets game. You know, there isn't a lot to even get into. Uh, the Jets are bad. The Patriots are the number one seed in the AFC, just clinched the division. The Jets are playing for nothing. Patriots are playing for a bye week. The Jets are starting Bryce Petty at quarterback. Patriots are starting Tom Brady. The Jets' defense is horrifying. Sheldon Richardson is a buffoon. Uh, Darrell Rivas can't play football anymore. I mean, like, what, what, what else do you need? You know, what, 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 you know, what else is there really to say about this game? We'll bring on Joe Caparoso later to talk about this game a little bit more in depth. But let's just take this at face value for what it is. It's a very, very, very bad Jets team versus a very, very, very good Patriots team in Gillette Stadium looking for a bye week, trying to end the season on a high note, not like they did last, last year with all those injuries and this and that and these and those. They're trying to end the season on a high note, and I think they're going to be able to. This should be a pretty easy game for the Patriots. I mean, at home, everyone's healthy on offense. You know, I, I, we, I, I like to really get analytical about certain things in football, especially when there's good matchups. I mean, go listen to last week when we talked about the Broncos. I talked a lot about formations. I talked a lot about, uh, you know, matchups and this and that. But, you know, you look at this at this Jets team, and they're barely worth anyone's time to cover let alone analyze. I mean, what what a sad excuse for a football team they've been this year. Now you have Sheldon Richardson on Snapchat being like, oh, screw this game, where the hose at? Like, c- come on. 
I I don't, I don't even know who there is to blame anymore for this Jets team. We'll we'll you know I'm going to save the Jets for Joe Caparoso later because it'd be better for someone on their side of things to rip them apart than what I'm potentially going to do to them. But before that, let's bring on uh, Michael Longi to talk about what he thinks he saw for the Broncos game and what he thinks is going to bring up for this Jets game. By the way, did I mention that I'm recording this from sunny and beautiful Aruba? It is sunny. It is beautiful. As I've gone scuba diving a couple times while I've been here, it's been a very, very nice vacation, but I am very happy to be back on Patriots Beat. So let's bring on Michael Longi now. Excuse me, let's take a sweet, small, small, small commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Michael Longi. Are you sick of buying off-the-rack suits but are worried about spending too much on a fitted one? It's a shame because every man looks better in a suit. Indochino is the place for you. They make made-to-measure suits and shirts that fit you perfectly at an incredible price. They only use the finest fabrics, and you get to customize the details you want, including your lining, lapels, personal monogram, and more. So how does it work? Go and visit their Boston showroom at 85 Newberry Street. Pick from dozens of fabrics, colors, and patterns. Choose all of your custom whether it's your lining, your lapel, and more. Get measured by a style guide, kick back, relax, and get ready to step into a perfectly fitting suit in just four weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 when you mention code PATRIOTS at the Boston Indochino showroom. $800 made-to-measure suit for only $389. That's over 50% off. So go book your Boston showroom appointment at Indochino.com. Go to Indochino.com to book your appointment at their Boston showroom. And again, get any premium suit for just $389. When you mention code PATRIOTS, you won't beat this deal anywhere. So go out and get your suit today. Welcome back into Patriot Speed. It's now time for our featured guest segment this week. We are happy to welcome in our own Sionis Radio's Mike Alonji. Mike, you know, it's it's kind of been a tumultuous week. I'm happy to be calling you from Aruba. How are things going? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, man. I'm I'm sure you're enjoying the warm weather out there. It's actually currently snowing where I am in Peabody right now, so I'm definitely envious of you. Uh, I can't wait to you know get home and enjoy a little bit of snow and sun, or I guess a little bit of snow in winter before I head out to Los Angeles. But anyway, I want to talk about this Denver game with you. I was listening to the Pats post game show afterwards, and you know it was fun to come on. It, you know this was easily their best game of the season. You know, t- talk to me about what you saw on the defensive side of the ball because holding any team to three points, especially an AFC playoff probable team to three points at home, is pretty commendable. Yeah, I think I think it was a very impressive performance. I can I, I would agree with you that it's probably their most impressive performance of the year. Even though they did shut out the Houston Texans in Week Three, that was pretty much because Jamie Collins had uh, a game that he was just out of his mind in that game. So. Uh, all around collectively, I think this was probably the best performance. Special teams as well. I mean, they, they blocked a kick. They did a, a bunch of different things. They looked really good out there. I think their confidence is sky high at this point, which is, you know, it's really what you want at, at this point in the season going into week 16. I think these last two games, especially this game right here, this Jets game, because this is the one that's probably going to mean the most. Um, if the, you know, if the Patriots win and the Raiders lose, they'll lock up first round by. I think they're going to go all out in this game going up against another Pretty pathetic offense here. I think it's only going to build their confidence even more. You know, the main thing I saw from them was their defensive line play. Trey Flowers has been fantastic over the past four weeks or so. I think they said since since week seven or something like that, he's had seven sacks. So he's been really, really good. 
over the past few weeks. That's great to see. We all know over the past, what, four or five years, what has it been? What, where is the pass rush? Where is the pass rush? And while it's not a fantastic pass rush, still, uh, the fact that Trey Flowers is playing really well, Malcolm Brown has had a few really good games. Uh, Rob Ninkovich seems to be really rounding into form right now. Jabal Sheard is out of the doghouse. So the, the front seven is looking great right now, and that's really the, the main takeaway for me. Logan Ryan, he, he had a good game. Uh, he's been kind of disappointing for me this year as a whole, but he's had, he had a good game. Uh, Malcolm Butler, well, I mean, what else can you say about him? The guy was impressive once again. Uh, whether Emmanuel Sanders wants to admit it or not, he, he did get shut down by Malcolm Butler. So uh, all around, I thought, I thought it was really good. Yeah, and, and one of the most astonishing things about this defensive pro, I guess the defense in general, but also from Trey Flowers, I mentioned this uh, before, that six of his seven sacks this year have come from the interior defensive line. So not only is he getting pass rush as a, a basically a rookie because he kind of redshirted last year, he's doing this from the inside of the defensive line, something that the Patriots have been looking for for a couple of years now, especially since they got rid of Dominic Easley. I called the beginning of the year. Trey Flowers has been probably their best pass rusher so far this season. Yeah, I would agree with that definitely, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the Dominic Easley comparison because that's what they were looking for out of him. Dominic Easley, his you know his his draw was that he was he's a really quick, powerful defensive lineman and you know the quickness will screw with a guard or a center or something like that if you can just split that gap real quick and fly in there then then you're going to have an advantage and Trey Flowers seems to be able to do that pretty easily so yeah I would agree that he's probably your best pass rusher the fact that you can rush him on the inside as well also opens things up it means you can have uh, a Trey Flowers with Rob Ninkovich and Jabal Sheeran on the outside you can put Trey Flowers on the inside with uh, let's say a Malcolm Brown or whoever you're going to at an Allen Branch maybe whoever you're going to put in there. And uh, all of a sudden you have you know, a pretty good defensive line where you have at least three guys who can get to the quarterback. Allen Branch we know can, can blow up a line as well as anybody. So I would agree that the, the, the fact that Trey Flowers is probably your best pass rusher right now and the fact that you can put him on the inside, uh, I think that's definitely boding well for the rush over the past few weeks. So one of the other people I wanted to talk to you a little about on the defensive side of the ball before we move on to the Jets game, because, you know, the, the offensive game plan was obvious. Stay away from the corners and run the ball away from Von Miller, and they, they kind of nailed it. But Jabal Sheard is finally starting to come back around. He's, he's starting to play well, getting some pressures on the quarterback, which we just we didn't see through the first half of the season. If Jabal Sheard keeps this up, do you think we'll see him – uh, on the team again next year, or do you think his time with the Patriots is done no matter what? Uh, it's kind of an interesting situation because, like you said, he did not play well at the beginning of this year. Now, I, I happen to think that's probably due to an injury. I can't imagine that he just uh, fell off that sharply from last year and then all of a sudden just is is getting back to his form last year. You know what I mean? So I feel like he was really injured, and uh, it looks like it stuck with him for a while this year. Maybe that was the reason. I mean, God knows why he was in the doghouse for for that few week period where he was, you know, a healthy scratch for for one game and all that stuff. So I'm really not sure. It's a very interesting situation. I would think that he'll be back next year, probably on a one year deal. But then again, I mean, if he can get a contract offer somewhere, if he comes out and has a fantastic playoff run here, this last you know five six week stretch, and he gets you know maybe four or five sacks comes up with a big play in a playoff game or something, someone's going to offer him a contract. 
at that point, I think he'll probably leave. Um, but, I mean, based on his performance all around, at least to this point, I'd say that the Patriots probably will have an opportunity to at least uh, negotiate with him and, and potentially bring him back. I would say bring him back. I think he's a very good player. I think he's, you know, obviously, like we just talked about, the pass rush is, is the weakest part of the defense. And uh, if you're going to lose a guy like that, you would want to replace him with somebody. Maybe they have plans to replace him in the draft. You know how Bill Belichick does it. They they always ha- are thinking three steps ahead of us. So I would say bring him back personally. Um, I'm not so sure if he has a really big playoff run here uh, that, that they'll have an opportunity to re-sign him. So let's look ahead at the rest of the season. You know, we, we got reports that Donta Hightower missed practice. You know, Brady's dealing with a little bit of a leg injury still. You know, a lot of guys are pretty banged up. And, you know, this game versus the Jets is not what I'd call, you know, a tough one. It, you know, is this the, about the time that we will see, uh, you know, all, a lot of these guys who are injured start to get a lot of time off? I mean, I'd have no problem seeing Jimmy Garoppolo for a good half of this game just to, you know, get him ready and most likely be traded next season. I think the fact that Tom Brady is on the injury report this week kind of lends some credence to that to that theory. I think if it's very possible that if the Patriots come out, out – and absolutely blow the doors off the Jets in the first half and are up by 21 or 24 points, something like that, going into halftime, which is entirely possible with this Jets team the way they've been playing lately. Uh, I think there's no doubt that you could probably see Jimmy Garoppolo come out in the second half and play. I think that, uh, you know, there's a very good potential that Michael Floyd will be on the field this week for the, for the Patriots, despite all the, all the things that have been going on this week. I think it's, it's as good as an opportunity as any to get run for him. Uh, maybe a little bit of run with Brady, maybe a little bit of run with Garoppolo. Who knows? I think next week, provided the Patriots lock this up, and even if they don't lock it up, to be honest, because we've seen them uh, kind of mail it in on the last week of the season, even if they hadn't locked up the first round, uh, the home field advantage, excuse me, I think that there's probably a good chance that you're going to see a lot of the guys. It's probably a good reason why Jacoby Brissett was activated yesterday as well off the injured reserve. Uh, they're probably going to play. I think they have plans to play Garoppolo and Brissett next week. Uh, just them. Maybe have Brady sit that last week. But this week, I think Brady will come out. I think they're going to try to score as many points as they possibly can in the first half, blow the Jets, the doors off the Jets, and then be able to bring out their, their second string guys for the second half. I think that's probably the best approach. So with with that approach, let's take a look at this Jets game. Like I said before, not exactly what I'd call... A difficult game. You know, the Jets just got thrashed uh, last week by Miami. The players look like they've given up. The whole Sheldon Richardson Snapchat thing is, you know, completely taken over now. He's probably not going to be on the team next year. Is, is this game anything Pats fans should worry about? Uh, I would say no. I would say absolutely not. I think this is probably uh, as much of a as much of an easy win as you can get in this league right now. I mean. The Jets have nothing. The Jets have nothing. All, you know, you mentioned the Sheldon Richardson thing. They're clearly quitting on their coach, which is unfortunate because I do think Todd Bowles is a good defensive coach. I'm not entirely sure he's he's head coach material. I just don't think he has the personality. Now I don't know. I don't know this guy, but just you know, based on what I've seen in press conferences and things like that, he doesn't have that fire. Um, he, he's no Rex Ryan. I, I personally think Rex Ryan is the perfect coach for the Jets. You know what I mean? Just kind of that loudmouth type of guy. I think. That that is the kind of guy they need there, and I just don't think Todd Bowles has the, the temperament to to run a team with the kind of guys that they have over there. 
you know, you've heard things from Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis is now saying that he can't really play bump and run coverage anymore because of his wrist, uh, his surgically repaired wrist. He's got issues like that. We've seen uh, his uh, uh, incredible fall from grace uh, over the course of this season. I, I heard a stat this morning that he hasn't had an interception since week 16 of last season Jeez. when they played the Patriots. So, yeah, so it's just, I mean, they are, and, and that's just the defensive side of the ball. We haven't even talked about offense where they don't have, Matt Forte, they have Bryce Petty, who is is still only a year removed from running uh, an offense that, that didn't huddle up and didn't call plays at Baylor. So you know they, they're just they're all over the place right now. It's, it's pretty much a disaster over there. Obviously, you know you got to worry about guys like Brandon Marshall. Um, you know he's a big wide receiver. The Patriots, no matter what, will always have issues with their big wide receivers because they don't have big corners. So you know. He might be able to make a you know a big catch or something like that, but I, I really don't see the Jets scoring more than you know sixteen, seventeen points in this game at all. And I see the Patriots scoring; they could put up forty on this defense easily. I mean, if they go hard, geez, that would be one one heck of a way to uh, go to the end of the regular season. So, one more question for you before uh, we let you go here. I had Joe Caparoso from Turn on the Jets give us his Super Bowl prediction. And I'm not sure if we're going to get you back on the podcast before the Super Bowl. Hopefully we do. We might do a CLNS Radio Patriots playoff uh, wrap-up if they get that bye week. But, Mike, give me give me your Super Bowl prediction. I'm terrified to say this because I really do think this is how it's going to be. But I think the Patriots are going to play the Giants again, man. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm just really nervous. That, I, I know. I know. I'm really nervous that it's going to happen. The Giants are playing unbelievable football right now. I just can't trust... The, the Dallas Cowboys with two rookies to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I don't care how good their offensive line is. Uh, their defense is not what it's, you know, where it should be. I, I can't imagine that Dak Prescott is as impressive as, as he's been this year. I can't imagine he's going to be able to roll through, you know, a Seattle and a Giants and, you know, and, and stuff like that. Maybe a, potentially a, um, a date with the Green Bay Packers if they can keep, keep their winning ways up. I think that the the most likely scenario is probably that they'll play the New York Giants, and that terrifies me because you know we've already seen twice how how that'll go. So if I had to bet on it, I would say it would be Patriots Giants. I'm hoping that it's Patriots Cowboys because I just think that'd be an unbelievable storyline. I think that would be you know two crazy fan bases going at it, uh, two of you know quote unquote America's teams going at it. Uh, I just think the storylines would be uh, abundant. So as a as a journalist, I, I would hope that it would be Patriots Cowboys. Unfortunately, I'm very very nervous that it's going to be Patriots Giants Part Three. Patriots Giants Part Three from Mike Alonji, uh actually right on tap with what Joe Caparosa said. So maybe uh, maybe our worst nightmares will come to fruition. We'll see though. Mike Alonji from our own CLNS Radio. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Happy holidays and have a, a good time this weekend. Thanks, Harris. Happy holidays. Enjoy the sun while you're out there, man. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Thanks. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, and they achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers around the United States. As a result, seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium, Seafood Watch, Beef and Chicken and Pork come from 
responsible raised animals, and produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Blue Apron can deliver 99% of the continental United States and 99.5% of food deserts because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of ingredients required for each recipe. They are reducing food waste. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot of time at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Roasted pork and braised cabbage with barley glazed apples, Thai green coconut curry with sweet potato and jasmine rice, and this one's my favorite, brown butter and chestnut gnocchi with Brussels sprouts and pea shoot salad. But not all ingredients are created equal. These are the freshest and highest quality ingredients that make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. And, you know, I I love using this service. I actually use it a couple of times now with my roommate. My roommate Jack's a great cook, so we just have all these ingredients. We don't have to go out to some massive grocery store in the middle of Boston, and we get some really good quality food, and we get a lot of really, uh, we try a lot of different things too, which we both really like. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredibly home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriots Feed. It's now time for our Behind Enemy Lines segment. This week, we are very happy to welcome back in Joe Caparoso, the editor-in-chief and owner of Turn On The Jets, my favorite Jets blog and easily one of the better Jets follows on Twitter. Joe, it is a happy hello for me, but I suppose a a difficult one for you. That's a very kind way to put it. It certainly hasn't been the funnest season I can remember since starting to cover the team. <laughs> so, Joe, before we get into this game, I, I, I need to know, what the heck happened with this Snapchat thing? I saw the video. Do, do we even care anymore? Like, does this matter? Listen, I, I wrote the day before that video came out and the Jets needed to be doing everything in their power to trade Sheldon Richardson this offseason, no matter what the return was. This video has nothing to do with why that is the case. Look, it was a, a dumb thing where he got caught in a teammate Snapchat basically saying, now apparently he didn't say fuck this game, or he said fuck this guy. So it's a clear clear clarification there, but still less, uh, less than optimal language that you want publicly released uh, the day after your team gets whipped in prime time. So um, Richardson's not long for this world uh, when it comes to the Jets. Uh, I think he's known that for a while. They, they really tried to trade him in the trade deadline, and I think that's kind of been reflected in how he's been acting in his play. I think he knows the Jets aren't going to pay him. They're going to ship him off for a fourth or fifth round pick, and he's just sort of playing out the string here. Is there any what, – what team would take him? I mean, look, he's a talented guy. I mean, he was a defensive rookie of the year for a reason. When he's, you know, has his head on straight and he's on the field, he, he can be a very good to great defensive lineman. Uh, you know, are the Jets going to get a second round back, pick back from him? No, I don't think so. I think, but I think there'll be a team out there who won't have a problem throwing the Jets a conditional fourth or fifth round pick for a guy who's still very young and still very talented. So, speaking of a guy who's very young, we're not really sure how talented he is yet, but uh, I, I have to say, there's a part of me that's been watching Bryce Petty, and I don't know, I don't think he's terrible. I, I You know, he has some tools, it just, 
You know, it, it's unfortunate when he's trying to throw to Brandon Marshall 11 times and Brandon Marshall catches one ball and is just completely checked out of this season. It, I mean, does Bryce Petty have a future on this team? Because he's been playing okay. I, I mean, my, in my mind, Petty looks like a backup spot starter going forward, which I think is a good thing for a fourth-round pick. Jet fans get very angry at me when I say that's what I see him project to being, but you know, he's 25, he's almost done with his second year, and it looks like he's going to be the kind of guy who, again, could be sort of a backup and spot starter for you. Is he the guy you're going to hand start in job to at the start of 2017? Probably not. The reality is he's been fairly below average in every single metric uh, in his three starts in the full half he played against the Colts. He has a 6.2 yards per attempt, which is lower than every player in the NFL except for Blake Bortles and Brock Osweiler. Uh, he has six interceptions to three touchdowns, which obviously is not optimal, and the Jets are averaging something like 13 points a game when he starts. So there's been some signs of progress, right? He, he's improved since his rookie year, rookie preseason. He's improved since his first start against the Rams, but I'm not sure how high the ceiling is with him, but this will be a good learning experience for him playing in New England. Obviously, it's not optimal with what the Jets' offensive line situation is right now and how many people on this roster are shut down. But I think Petty's auditioning to you know really be the long-term backup here and hopefully continue to build on some of the positive things he did in the first quarter against Miami last week. So since this might be the last time we have you on the show, we'll get into a little Jets future talk here before we get into the game. If not Petty, probably not Geno Smith, and definitely not Ryan Fitzpatrick. That only leaves Christian Hackenberg. So is Christian Hackenberg the the future quarterback in the New York Jets, or is that just a a complete waste? Yeah, I have no idea. I was not a fan of the pick at all. I thought he was a reach in the second round. There's a reason that he's been a third-string and active quarterback and at times a fourth-string and active quarterback all season, and the Jets won't even consider playing him even if petty was too hard to play they would have played fitzpatrick again i don't know how realistic it is to expect hagenberg to go from being a complete red shirt to really competing for a starting job next year i see i have a feeling the jets don't really see him playing until like 2018 which is kind of comical in today's nfl but i don't think that if the jets have a top four or five pick which they should and if they have a quarterback they like a lot they should hesitate at all pulling the trigger on him uh, or looking at the veteran market, because I don't think you can just go into next season with Petty and Hackenberg. Is there another guy on this team? You know, I, I've, I've loved what I've seen out of Nunwa this year. Easily been the Jets' best wide receiver. The That kid, Robbie Anderson, you know, he has he has some problems with, with drops here and there, but he also seems a guy that has a lot of physical potential. Is there another guy on this Jets team who you can point to and is like, yes, this is a guy who is going to be like one of the defining futures of this team? Uh, I think Leonard Williams on the defensive side, he's been great this year uh, in his second year. He's been, definitely been their best defensive lineman and best defensive player. Mm-hmm. The new one, Anderson, are nice building blocks of the receiver group offensively. Uh, James Carpenter and Brian Winters at offensive guard have been really solid. Uh, Winters actually just got put on the IR for these last two games. as I think more of a precaution, but they have some, in piece, some pieces of that interior line. Even Wesley Johnson's been a nice fill-in for Nick Mangold, and I think should be a good reason for the Jets to let Mangold walk after this season or cut ties with his contract. But beyond that, it's not, it, there's not too much talent spread all over the place. I mm-hmm. think the hope is that guys like Deron Lee and Jordan Jenkins and Lorenzo Malton take the next step eventually on defense, but we still need to see a little more. But I think they've shown flashes at times, but we haven't seen enough consistently yet to know that they're going to be surefire, you know, above average starters going forward. So you mentioned that offensive line, 
And the Jets have kind of released what their offensive line is going to look like for this Pats game. And they're missing four starters. I mean, Mangold's been out based in the whole season. Giacomini or Giacoholdi, as I call them, because the, the guy holds everybody. And then, you know, Winters is gone, as is uh, left tackle, who's escaping me. It, is this what? what uh, do you Ryan Clady. Ryan Clady. What do you see from this game? You know, is this have the Jets just hung this up? You know, going into Gillette, is is it is it just over? Do you think that they'll actually give the Pats a run for their money here? I mean, you're going to get a lot of young and hungry guys playing. I, I'll say that. You know, there's so many Jets who are currently on on IR right now. And they're just banged up across the roster. I mean, Bilal Powell's been playing really good football. Mm-hmm. He'll be out there running hard. Bryce Petty will be throwing the ball downfield to Anunwa and Robbie Anderson. And those guys are capable of making some plays. I just think they're just going to be outclassed. And, you know, defensively, the Jets have struggled. And I don't see any foreseeable way with who they're rolling out at cornerback and safety right now, how they're going to slow down New England and really keep this competitive. They played, you know, they played well at home, you know, a few weeks ago and yeah. against New England and kept that game close. This is a different animal. New England still, you know, theoretically needs to win this game to make sure they have the number one seed. I, I don't think the Jets are going to come out and completely lay down and die. I think I can see them maybe hanging around for a half. I think they with Miami, but ultimately this feels like a game New England should win by, you know, 14 to 21 points. If New England comes out and blows out the Jets, I'm, I'm talking by 30, is Todd Bowles gone? I don't think so. I don't think the decision is going to be made based on anything that happens in this game. I mean, they're starting four offensive linemen who are backups. They're starting their third quarterback of the season. They're starting a rookie fourth-round cornerback and a guy they pulled off the waiver wire at their other cornerback spot. You know, they're starting three safeties out for the year. Matt Forte's hurt. Uh, Decker's out. It's hard for me to think that whatever happens in this game is going to be judged. I think Bowles has had a bad year, but I think – you know, at the end of last season, everyone thought this was a promising rookie head coach who went ten and six. You know, coming off the team was four and twelve the year before, and now all of a sudden, of course, he's the next coming of Rich Kotite. So I think <laughs> it's been a bad year, but I don't think he's getting fired. Uh, regardless, it doesn't mean he won't be on the hot seat next year, but I do think he'll be back in twenty seventeen. Is anyone going to take the fall for this, or is is, everyone, is this just being chalked up as all right? Everyone got hurt early; it got in everyone's head. Let's try again next year with the legitimate quarterback. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of cleaning out of the roster. Uh, I think if the Jets do this right, Brandon Marshall, Nick Mangold, Darrell Revis, Sheldon Richardson uh, are all gone next year. Maybe even guys like Marcus Kilgrave and Buster Screen. I think you just clean out and do a proper rebuild with a lot of the younger talent on this roster that exists. You might see a coordinator or two get fired, maybe defensive coordinator Casey Rogers, but uh, I think the bulk of the change will come from them dumping a lot of overpaid high-priced veterans. Overpaid, high-priced veterans. We know that the uh, the Patriots, especially, have kept away from a lot of those guys. Is there one guy on this Patriots team that you look at as as a Jets fan? But besides Tom Brady, right now, you know that that, that you just you know one, one of the guys in the Pats because we know we talk about this Ross all the time, whether it's McCourty or Hightower. Is there an underneath guy from a third-party perspective that you think has been outstanding this season? Because you know, I, I see all the superstars, but is there a guy that you've identified that just makes you shake? You know, I think Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Mitchell has been a really nice find in the fourth round. Uh, I think the Patriots have kind of struggled to draft wide receivers, but they found a good outside X receiver uh, in the fourth round, and a guy I think I could, who I think 
should be a good big piece of their offense going forward. He's got good hands, run good runs, good routes, and a good feel for how to get open against zone defenses. Also, their offensive line, how they've rebuilt it. You know, with mid-round picks, a guy like Shaq Mason turning a fourth-round pick into a guy who looks like a Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman at times. That's how you really build up the middle class of the roster by hitting on those picks, and that's how the Patriots continue to sort of distance themselves from the rest of the AFC East. You look at the Jets took an offensive lineman in the fifth round last year. He's out of the NFL already. Uh, they took Devin Smith in the second round last year. He barely played. He's been out this entire year with injuries. So those start to add up, and that just widens the gap between these teams. Is there something the Jets can take from the Dolphins? Because this Dolphins team is come out of nowhere, or I don't really want to say come out of nowhere, but surprised a lot of people as being one of the head wildcard teams, kind of doing it the right way. Can the Jets kind of do something up with that, or is this just Adam Gase, I guess, living up to his potential? You know, I think Miami has definitely built a culture of accountability. I think we've heard a lot about Gates not being shy about moving on from different guys or benching different guys if they're not performing up to standards. I also think you had a, they found their running game and they became more of a physical team midway through the season. So for the Jets, I think it's you know giving time for the right draft picks to develop and then building the right culture or the right style or brand to play. I think you know Miami has a very distinct style that they play right now. Uh, and it's came together well for them, and they've taken advantage of some of the softer games on their schedule. You know, I still need to see, you know, we're not going to see Miami get tested before the end of the regular season. Really, they're playing Buffalo and they're playing New England, who might be resting everybody. Mm-hmm. But we saw when they went to Baltimore for what was a huge game, they really got blown off the field. That being said, it's still very impressive that they're going to be a 10, you know, a 10-win type team this year. I just wonder uh, how they're going to hold up in the playoffs on the road against you know, a Baltimore, a Pittsburgh, um, a Kansas City, or an Oakland, if they get one of those teams, obviously they could luck out and get Houston, uh, which would be a very winnable playoff game for them. But I think Gates has done really good work this year. He's getting the most out of the talent on that roster, and I think they're starting to see a lot of guys like Ajayi and Devontae Parker uh, really excel uh, and start playing to their potential. So two more questions for you, Joe, before you let out of here. So first of all, let me just hear what your prediction for this game is. Do you, do you think, you know, 10 to 14 points? Give me a score, and then uh, I got I want to hear your playoff predictions because I, I, I got to know before you put them out on Twitter. I, I mean, I'm going to say New England's going to win this game something like, you know, 28 to 13, 28 to 10. I think they're going to get up by a comfortable amount and then sort of shift it into conservative. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's just get the hell out of here mode. And they'll just sort of run the ball on the Jets' throw and try to run the clock out and not expose Brady to anything. So I don't think they're going to be, you know, pedal of the metal trying to beat the Jets 45 to 10. I think it's more of like, hey, let's get up, you know, 21 to 3, you know, at halftime, and then we'll just kind of put it in cruise control from there. Wonderful. Joe, I have to know before, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll see everyone's predictions on the next coming weeks, but I, I, I'd love to know what, what is your Super Bowl prediction for matchup wise? I have to know. I mean, the only thing I'm rooting for is not another Giants-Patriots Super Bowl because I just can't, <laughs> can't deal with it anymore. I can't deal with it for the third time. I mean, look, New England's the unquestionable favorite in the AFC. I think they were last year. I think I don't want to say they choked, but they kind of choked. They, they had no business not being in the Super Bowl last year, losing to that Denver team, and it's the same thing this year. I don't know who you're looking at and saying going into New England and winning. You're not going to pick Andy Reid and Alex Smith to win up there. 
I don't think Oakland's ready to win that type of game yet, particularly with how they looked in a cold-weather game against Kansas City. Maybe Pittsburgh, but when has Pittsburgh ever beat New England in the playoffs or even been competitive against them in the playoffs? I don't really know who that leaves because I don't know if Denver's even going to get in and if they have enough offensively to really beat them in a playoff game. Same thing with Baltimore. So unless New England loses a game they have no business losing, I don't see how they get back in the NFC. I mean, I think Dallas is the best team from top to bottom, but if the Giants get there in the second round, is anyone would anyone be surprised to watch the Giants go in there and win that game and beat them for the third time? You know, if not those two teams, I think Seattle's probably a safer pick. Obviously, they're battle-tested. They know how to win tough games. Would not shock me at all if we saw a Super Bowl rematch between either New England and Seattle or New England and the Giants. If, if Eli Manning gets to the Super Bowl this year while playing easily what has been the worst football of his career, I, I might just go into a fetal position and stop watching football. I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> Couldn't take it. He's, he's been so Listen, bad. you and me both. You and me both. He's been so bad. Joe, thank uh, you so much. Oh, what's going on? Play defense. Scary. No, I'm just saying that Giants team, man. They play defense and they get one big play from Odell and they just seem to find a way to win. Who would have thought that Janoris Jenkins gets out of St. Louis and turns into one of the best corners in football? Makes no sense. Crazy. Joe, thank you so much for joining us again. Have a great holiday season. Hopefully this game isn't too rough on your conscience. I hope so as well. (laughs) Have a good one. All right, you too. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show, hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386, toll-free, to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes, and Stitcher, and the best way, download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, anyplace, anywhere. That's going to do it for this week's Patriots Beat Podcast. Please remember to go listen to the Patriots postgame show that I will be on every single week. Call it 929-477-2386. Listen live on CLNSRadio.com. But if you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by Indokino. Go to Indokino.com and use the promo code PATRIOTS for more than 50% off a custom-made suit. Omaha Steaks, go to OmahaSteaks.com and use the promo code BEAT for 77% off the family gift pack and by blue apron go to blueapron.com slash patriots to get your first three meals free with free shipping music was provided by high 209 and joshua morse want to thank our guests uh joe caparoso from turn on the jets and michael Longi from our own clns radio team i want to thank him and our clns radio executive producer larry h 
Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Gelso. Thanks to everyone who turned in. This has been Harris Rubenstein, and this has been the Page to Be podcast powered by CLNS Radio. Happy holidays, everybody. I hope everyone gets all the presents that they want. And hey, go donate to the Salvation Army. Why don't you? There are a lot of families out there that could really use a nice Christmas as well. Have a nice holidays, guys.